Well, hey, I'm Todd, and I want to welcome you to another reading of the Bible. We are continuing in Acts chapter 13, and if you remember, Paul and Barnabas are on a missionary journey. They went with John Mark, and they went all across Cyprus, and then they sailed back over to the mainland where John Mark, he... uh, He left. He copped out. He went back to Jerusalem. And the other two, they went on to Antioch of Pamphylia, which is up near modern-day Turkey. And Paul is preaching in a synagogue, and they've asked him, they've asked Paul and Barnabas to share. And so they stand up and they say, you know, you Hebrews, you Gentiles, listen to us. Then he starts preaching. Verse 17, the God of this nation of Israel chose our ancestors and made them multiply and grow strong during their stay in Egypt. Then with a powerful arm, he led them out of their slavery. He put up with them for 40 years through wandering in the wilderness. Then he destroyed the seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to Israel as inheritance. All this took about 450 years. Now when I hear that, I hear the almighty power of God, the omnipotent God, the all-powerful who can do anything he wants. If he wants to bring his people out of Egypt, if he wants to crush Egypt and seven other nations, if he wants to deliver them into a a land flowing with milk and honey, if he wants to uh, sustain them throughout the wilderness with manna, whatever he wants to do, he is capable of doing that. And yet I also hear this concept of him being merciful because it actually says he put up with them. He put up with them while they were wandering in the desert. Some translations actually say he cared for them, but I think he put up with them is a better translation when you actually go back and read it because all they did was whine and grumble. All they did was complain. They never did what he asked. They would He would ask them to go and, and wipe everything out and clean the slate and they'd be like, no, we don't really feel like doing that. Or he would say, you guys need to go and do, go to war for all of these places. And they'd be like, well, we're kind of kind of like just stay over here a little while. We don't really feel like going and doing that. He would tell them they could conquer it. And then they would say, oh, we're scared. There's big giants there. We can't do it. So I see this total thing of God's power and God's mercy listed in those few verses there. Verse 20 continues. It says, after that, God gave them judges to rule them until the time of Samuel, the prophet. Then the people begged for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. Now, there was nothing inherently wrong with Saul. However, you need to know that the people whined for a king. And essentially what they were saying was, we don't want God anymore. We don't want God's rule. We want a king. We want to be like all the other nations around us. We want a king. So there was a rejection of God right there in that statement. Verse 22. But God moved, removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Well, except he didn't do everything God wanted him to do. In fact, he actually uh, killed a woman's husband, took her as his wife, raped her, and then had her son. So this guy wasn't perfect, but yet he's called a man after God's own heart. And so we see in these statements the imperfection of humans and the perfection of God. It's all pointing to the fact that the only one who can rescue us is God himself. And the next line points to that. Verse 23, and it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is God's promised savior of Israel. Before he came, John the Baptist preached all, uh, preached that all the people of Israel needed to repent of their sins and turn to God and be baptized. 
As John was finishing his ministry, he asked, Do you think I'm the Messiah? No, I'm not, but he's coming soon, and I'm not even worthy to be a slave and untie the sandals on his feet. So essentially, Paul is introducing Jesus. He's introducing the fact that John preached the gospel, that these people were baptized, that the the Messiah has come, and that they need to repent. So I'm going to pause right here for the day. This is where I'm going to stop. But just a big overall concept. When you share the gospel, there is a God. He's all loving, all powerful, all merciful. He created everything. And yet we're separate from him by our sin. We can do nothing on our own, no matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we work, no matter how much we are called a man after God's own heart. We can't make it back to God without God rescuing us. And he did that through sending his own son, Jesus, in our place. And he had, He creates the way for us to have a relationship with God now and into eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that every person hearing this would practice and rehearse and think about their own story and how they might share it with somebody else. God, I pray that everyone's story would intersect with your story and that in the process, we would all come to a right relationship with you. God, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.